Welcome to the Black Men Think Podcast. If this is your first time here, know that the views and opinions expressed by the Black Men Think Podcast, are those of the Black Men Think Podcast and not the individual members. With that being said we're about to be unapologetically, undeniably black. Enjoy. So yeah man, um, I just got, I got one question. What's your biggest fear? That's a good one. A big, that's, that's a really a good big question. question. I have a good one for you. So, so my biggest fear is, and I think about it often, um, is just fearing that I won't find my purpose in life as far as like using the talents and gifts that I have and walking into my purpose. Um, that's something I think about often. Y'all, you went deep, though. I thought you was gonna say clowns or something. <laughs> oh no, no, <laughs> no, that's real. No, bro. but just having 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 that Hell personal yeah. set personal satisfaction is knowing, like, hey, you know, this is my purpose, this is my gift, this is why I've been put here um, on this earth. This is me. This is what I'm supposed to do. Like, that's the fear that I have, and, and I feel like right now I haven't reached that point, mm-hmm. um, but. It's something that, you know, um, something that I continue to try to find the answer to. I was going to ask you, do you, like, is it something that you, you feel like you hope for? Like, do you dream about something or is it right? You still figuring it out? Um, right. You know, from day one, I've always been about financial stability. I mean, that's, that's my main thing. But it's like, you know, I want to be, you know, they say that when you do something, when you're doing something that you love is 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 if you could work for free and it's like you're um so you know i don't think i've reached that point yet um where it's like you know i'm i'm doing this i can be doing it you know all the time that um i'm not sleeping and it's it's not work to me it's something that i'm passionate about that's what i do and right. you know of course you want to be fairly compensated for the work that you put in fairly compensated so how do- so I got I got a, a follow up question to you, uh, Corey. So how do you how do you use that fear to motivate you? Um, for me, it's like basically soaking all the knowledge that I can. You know, when um when I'm around people, um, you know, people they've been in this position before, so it's 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 nothing. Especially with people that you know are walking into their um they're already um you know doing what they're passionate about walking in their gifts and talents. Um, so that's that's one thing that I do because I know that I'm not the only person that feel like this or been in this position. So right. um, that's I, I'm just like a sponge, man. I just, you know, soak it all in, whatever I can get from someone um, to help me along the way. Well, that's real. Yeah. What about you, Mo? Man, I was just sitting here trying to figure out what Corey was talking um, and, like, spilling his life story to us. But, you know, I, <laughs> I, um, nah, dog, that's, that's, that's some, good, that's some good, good things to think about. Uh, me personally, I have always considered myself as a person that doesn't really have a lot of fear. Like, I didn't really, you know, grow up afraid of stuff or people or I don't know. I just I never really connected like with fear. But mm-hmm. I think it took me a long time to realize there's a lot more fear in me than maybe I give myself credit for. So to some degree, I'm right. still trying to trying to figure it out. But I think it probably falls somewhere. I don't know, in the category of maybe not. Um, I don't know, I, I guess, like maybe dropping the ball in some major way, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't even know if there's like a, a certain area that I could pinpoint. Um, right. I just feel like like there's I typically have a lot of people that I'm accountable for, um, you know, whether, right. whether it be, you know, my family or, you know, I'm obviously in the leadership role, um, you know, with employment or, you know, even in ministry or, you know, just in general. Um, I, I tend to be in, in positions where I am either close to or somewhat towards the centerpiece of whatever that is. And um mm. You know, nine times out of ten, that that puts me like that puts the spotlight on me, and so, ironically, I think um, it's something I've always, you know, I, I mean, I grew up a PK, so it's something I've, I've been used to. I'm an only child, 
you know, there's always been spotlight on me. I'm a performer. Um, you know, it's 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 something that I, that that doesn't scare me. That the part about being in the spotlight doesn't scare me. I know people. You know, we joke about people having a fear of, of speaking. I'd be interested to see if y'all actually have a fear of speaking. I've, I've never really met somebody that has a fear of speaking, but um, for me personally, it's probably more or less not meeting a certain expectation. So maybe it's expectations. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't really know what to call it. So, so is it more of a fear that you place on yourself then? Probably that's, so. That, that's, I, th- I think so. Well, I, it might be a combination of two things. Because what I hear you say, one is in part of the expectations are uh, the gravitas that you put on yourself, right? Like you're expected that you're going to do X, Y, and Z, Correct. right? Yeah. Um, but I think the other part is that couples with it, which makes it probably a little frustrating on your half, is, on, on your part, is that you don't really know what you are afraid of. You still try to figure it out, as you said. So I think those mm. two are conflicting things, which leads you to, you know, th- it makes sense to why you're saying the things you're saying. So mm. no, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. I never really thought about that. I see you with the wisdom, dog. Okay. I, you know, I try every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Tor? Uh, I think I got the quintessential fear, you know, that most um, people have. I have the fear of failure, you know, and that permeates through every facet of my life. You know, fear of failure as a father, fear of failure as a husband, fear of failure um, as a leader. Um Fear of failure, you know, in my, you know, in things that I want to. Are do. you a perfectionist? Uh, I, I am. You, you know that. <laughs> you know I'm a perfectionist, and so you know, you know, I, I give it whatever I do. I give it a hundred and ten percent. You know, um, and and it's always that fear that keeps me going and that really pushes me. Uh, I think sometimes too much. And I work myself too much because of that fear. Um, and so, but yeah, I, I think that's, to me, that's the biggest fear I have is this, the fear of failure. Hmm. Yeah, man. That's, um. What about you? No, I'm, I'm listening to you, bro. And honestly, uh, we're kind of very aligned uh, the same way because I have a fear of, I, I definitely have a fear of failure, um, but my fear in failure mainly focus on business and family. Like I don't want to mm-hmm. fail my I don't want to fail my family. Um, number one, and I I know for me like I look over my life and I'm the type personally I never had like a a bunch of girlfriends or anything like that. I was kind of always like a very not scared of a scared of a relationship I, I guess i could say so i didn't really get into relationships I, I did a lot of what people call i called a lot of people my homie when i found out later on in life that i was actually dating a lot of women and didn't realize that i didn't want to come to grips with that <laughs> so um for a long time i had a fear of commitment right and and once i got over that fear of commitment and, and got married i think that kind of poured into my marriage that i just don't want to fail my marriage at all right and, and so i don't i don't want to get a divorce i don't want my kids looking at me and like different you know what i'm saying and, and so yeah. i i carry myself in a certain way like I, I set these rules and parameters that i just try not to get involved in situations or put myself in situations where i can mess up you know what i'm saying and, and so i know that we live in a world where it's so easy to mess up because you you're you surround it by different people that don't think the same way you do. And, and it's impossible really to be with like-minded people 24 seven. You're gonna in- interact with people who don't necessarily think like you. But I put those parameters right. in place for myself to make sure that, hey, if I ever, like at, at, at work, I've never went out to lunch with a female one-on-one. If a female goes out to lunch, a woman goes out to lunch with me, it's somebody else. Like I've You're never- smart, huh? Yeah, I've I've never done the one on one with a woman for lunch because it's just like I, I think about that. For I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you within that, my fear is this: going out to lunch one on one with somebody and not having any ill intentions, but somebody that knows my wife sees me, and then they yeah. get that comes back. And no matter how we want to put it, I don't care how much your woman might love you and trust you. It's different when it comes from her best friend sees you. In a situation where, and y'all know me, I'm a flirtatious dude anyway. 
So it's going to come off. If somebody see me, it's going to come off as, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? I'm out here when I'm really just being friendly by nature or whatever. And so, you know. That's a cheat code, too, by the way. Yeah, it's it's definitely a cheat code. That's a rule. You might want to be smart about that one. Right. That's something that yeah, I that would you know, be a good so, look. So you know what, JD, I, I do something similar. I, I do it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Like so, my I actually introduce my wife to any female at my job that I, you know, I have a a, a friendship with. You know, right. so they know my wife, and so when they call me, I'm like, hey, babe, this is what's her name, and she's like, hey, tell her hello. So my wife knows all of them. So she know, yeah, that's smart. It, yeah, so when awesome. I go out to so you know because you know. My job, you know, I have to, I do. You got to interact, so, right, know, right. Well, yeah, so when we go so, to lunch, she'll call me. She, you know, I like, hey, I'm out to lunch with blah blah blah. She'll, oh, tell her hello, you know. But I make sure, you know, I had her over my house so that my wife would meet her, like all of that stuff. Like I don't, I don't keep that type of stuff in the dark. I right, make sure she right. Knows them, and you know, it's not just a story relationship. It's a hey, it's a us type. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's real. That's real. When, when it, fellas, when it come to fear. Does it ever go away? Because, you know, I hear a lot of parents, grandparents, you know, great-grandparents um, talk, you know. I think about kids. They always fear about, you know, oh, I fear for my child being safe, especially this day and time. Mm-hmm. So it's like as you go along in life, based on the circumstances, does the fear ever go away? It seems like it's always going to be something else that's going to constantly be. That's a good I think it question. depends. I, I think it. I think it heavily depends on on a million factors. Honestly, um, you know, because obviously some fears are very simple, and they probably have mm-hmm. a simple fix. But others are very complex. Like, um, you know, like a lot of the fears that we've talked about are probably very, very complex and have layers. You know, upon layers that you kind of have to navigate through to even find out why you're even afraid of certain things. Right. Um. But like for like for, you brought up kids, uh, Corey. So. Like, I even think about, you know, something as simple as fear of my kids getting hurt doing something, like being outside playing. And, you know, my, my youngest, who's one year one years old now, he, he'll, he'll jump up on something and stand up when it's like something that he probably should be sitting down on, like a little slide or something, you know. And so there's always this little random fear that you kind of have to deal with, even though nothing may actually happen, you know, that's that's bad. But, I mean, the reality is... I think we have to work through it daily. Now, in terms of like bigger things for me, um, you know, big fears are, are, are big challenges where I, I can easily go into a, a negative way of thinking as opposed to thinking about the best outcome. I mean, honestly, I think, you know, a lot of it has to do with maybe how, how I prepare myself mentally mm. for the moment. You know, am I prayed up? Am I, um, am I seeing reality as opposed to, seen all these different outcomes that potentially right. That's real. you know can't happen because reality is different like like if you actually focus on what's real which is connected to what's true most of the time we can work through our fears like yeah. usually a fear is based on something i mean we hear the acronym false evidence appearing real right so mm-hmm. if i actually focus on focus on what's true and like like let's state the facts let's state the constants the things that don't change most of the time you can find like peace in those or at least some level of foundation before you try to move into the variables, you know, if that makes sense. Right, so right, right. I think you just got to re- refocus your attention. Yeah, so, you know, gotcha. just to take it back off that, I think um, to, to, to really get to your, to your question, some fears, they diminish over time. As in, you get used to it, you come accustomed to that fear, you, 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 you normalize that fear, basically. Um, in other cases, that fear actually is what motivates you to do X, Y, or Z. And then once you've accomplished that, it does change to something else. Um, because once you conquer one fear, you move on to the next one. Basically. Yeah. Um, so I think to your point, yes, fear does go away, but sometimes it just transitions into something new. Um, right. But, you know, when you look at it from the negative side, if you don't truly deal with that fear, if you falsely deal with that fear, you might think that fear has gone and it creep right back up into you in ways that you've never thought of before. Yeah, I was I was gotcha. definitely going to say that same thing too, Tori, just to piggyback off of you. Like the fear, it does transfer and goes in different places, right? But you, you have to really deal with fear in, in a unique way. 
because fear is one of those things that, of course, you know, we all Christians, so, you know, we don't supposed to have that spirit of fear. But the truth is, bro, getting over that spirit of fear, no matter what you might be fearing, it takes some time. I think it's, it's a it's a lifelong process. And, you know, kind of like what Tori was saying, my fear today might be a situation where I'm thinking about, you know, family. But my fear tomorrow, like right now, it, to, to be completely honest, my fear is like, dude, because of the situation that we're currently in, I really don't know what business looks like. Like, thankfully, with COVID. yeah, with COVID, with bro. Business. Like, like so, you know, thankfully, and today I got a, um, I got a mixing job, right? And that's something that I've, I've not necessarily neglected, but it's something that it hasn't been the focus of my business model, you know. So I've been focusing on festival and events, but you know, it's just like, oh, boom! As soon as I'm, I'm worried about this area. God just like, fam, you must forgot that you know how to do this other thing too. And I just got a job landed on, on me like a, a nice paying gig, you know, to mix somebody album where I wasn't even thinking about it. You see what I'm saying? And so it's it's one of those things that fear definitely trans translates and move move across because Oh, I got a question. Yeah. No, I I wait till you finish. I, I got a big question though, based on what you said. Yeah, but it's just like, you know, my fear my fear next week might be something as simple as like the reality that my daughter is about to be three, and that means she's about to go to school, and she's about to be around right. other kids. So now I'm starting to think about, like, dang, what does that look like? Because I'm, I'm literally got to give the care of my child to somebody else. You know what I'm saying? So that's something that I'm going I'm to have to think about. And, you know, the more you, you start to think about these things, you realize that you really ain't in control of nothing. And you get you got to try to wrap your mind around it at the same time yeah. and still – you know, grow, continue to grow. And that's, that's challenging, man. Definitely challenging. So, so my question is, is fear healthy? Like, is, is a certain amount of fear healthy? Is it, you know, because I mean, oftentimes, yeah, I mean, even in church settings and in faith settings, you know, you're, you're told that, that fear uh, is like the antithesis of faith, right? It's, it's the opposite. Um, so, and I, I kind of want to answer the question that I even posed, or at least give my thoughts on it too. And I really want to hear you guys' thoughts. Um, and if you're out there listening, you know, I, like that's a big question for you. Is is any type of fear that you actually have healthy? So for me, I feel like fear, though it's something that you don't want to overpower you, it's a reality. It's almost one of those things that's, that's that can, I guess more or less it can be a constant. Like it's going to happen in some kind of way. You're going to be afraid of something. You're human. You're imperfect. There's going to be something that, that can, you know, trip you out. But I wonder if having fear also kind of keeps you to connected to a place of being dependent on, on God, you know, or like dependent on, on um, the factors that you expect to be constant, that you expect to come through no matter what. So like for me, like I'm a man of faith, you know, I believe that, you know, God has protected my family's home. Um, it's not that we live in, in the hood, but we live in, you know, an area where there have been break-ins, you know, and yet our home hasn't been, you know, broken into. Yes, I do own a, a gun, but I don't necessarily fear using it every night because I believe at the end of the day, God has his hand on my home. He has for years. And if something happens, I also believe that there's purpose in it. Like, it's just uh, these are like the foundations of my belief. But, you know, even just the thought process of, somebody actually being able to break into my home keeps me connected to God in a way where I'm like, Lord, I'm dependent on you. You know, please protect us today. Please keep my family. You know, like when we're driving in a car. I can't control what's happening around me. All I can do is trust mm -hmm. in God. And so I kind of believe right. like to some degree that small level of fear, you know, may keep me connected. If, if that makes sense. Mo. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree with you. Um, I think the, just the thought or the small presence of fear forces you to have faith. Um, Cause I mean, it's basically, you know, because I have faith and I have this fear, am I going to give in to what I'm fearing or am I, you know, if I believe in God and have faith, am I going to lean more towards the faith? So I think you shouldn't necessarily dwell on the fear, but just the fact that the fear is there, is showing you that, hey, 
I got to rely more on my faith than than the fear that's present. Oh, Tori, like you being a perfectionist, like what are, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, so the simple answer is yes. Uh, I, I believe that there is a healthy amount of fear because as I stated earlier, a lot of times my fear motivates me. It motivates me to do something, you know, to, to enable, to make sure that that fear doesn't happen. Right. You know, so I think it's just like stress, you know, you know, there's a healthy amount of stress that people should have as well. So I think just like with anything in life, it, it, you know, it's good in moderation. Um, but the, the key is, is to not let that fear overtake or overcome you and to utilize that fear for good. Uh, and as we stated earlier, there's such things as good fear and bad fear, you know? So, you, you know, you, it just depends on the person, um, how they're built, how they, what's their thought process, you know, and how they see fear, you know? Um, but me personally, I use fear as a, as a motivator, you know, especially, like I said, since my fear is about me failing, I don't want to fail. So that fear now comes a, a, a catalyst or, uh, or something that, it, that pushes me, you know, to make sure that I don't fail. Uh, but JD, I know, I know you had some thoughts around this. What, what are your thoughts about it, man? Yeah, I was gonna say, man. Um, really, above everything, like because we know fear is apparent, and and there is no way to avoid having fear of different things. I think what's important is to have the conversation about fear. Like, so when you are fearful, make sure that you're talking about that you have that fear and and the reason why i say that is because that's one thing that i have a real legitimate hard time doing and i think that it's great that we have this podcast because what i'm learning now and i know we've been recording for a while but what i'm learning now is that the conversations that we have here are conversations that i got to start having with my wife a little bit more no that's real you know what i'm saying and yeah i'm with you there and, and it's like, it's not even that I don't want to talk to my wife about some of these things. I just think that it's because we have a legitimate friendship. Those conversations pour out a little bit easier. And I understand what people say, like, oh, your wife should be your best friend. And, and I, I agree with that a lot. But also, it's just a realization that, like, dude, I've been knowing y'all since I've been 18, 17, 18 years old. And it's just different. Right. And what happens is. We have these conversations here and then they pour over in, into my marriage. And then I started to like slowly have these conversations because, you know, and this is something that I think what I'm about to say is actually a bigger episode that we should probably talk about. But I think that as black men, we become guarded in our relationships, not just married, but in our relationships because we are trying to protect our wives in a lot of that. And, I think it's so it's so easy to have conversations with your homeboys because a you're not worrying about being judged with your homeboys at all. And like no matter how much you love your wife, there are some things that you're going to tell your wife that she's going to look at you completely different after you tell them that. And the the beauty part is and that's why marriage is a lifelong journey because 30 years down the road, those conversations wow. Yeah, you got time. And those those conversations that you had easily with your homeboys 30 years down the road, they're going to be having very easily with your wife or your husband, whoever it is. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I think that's a different episode, but um, a big topic. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a big topic. But I did want to say that because we got to start having a conversation about fear, no matter what that fear is. Like it could be the smallest of things like it could be something where, man, look. I am I'm legit like afraid to go to the grocery store. If that's your fear, you got to start having those conversations because I guarantee once you start having those conversations, it'll unlock something to where your 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 spouse, your partner, whatever whoever you're dealing with will look at you differently because they might have thought that you was on something else. The reason why you didn't want to talk about that. You know what I'm saying? But then once you start having those conversations, so, they look so at I it differently. So, Daddy, that leads to a, 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 a bigger question. You know, sometimes I, I find myself struggling with this. You mm -hmm. know, um, the, you know, the ones that's on the podcast tonight right here, all of us, we have older older parents, right? Right. Um, how do you get away from that traditionalism, I guess I would say, of, of, of a black male uh, not one showing feelings, 
Two, compartmentalizing everything. Mm. And three, pushing through no matter what. You know, how, how, how do you combat that? Because I sometimes find myself struggling with that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, my dad, you know, he, he's not a very big talker, but my dad was a great provider. You know, so for me growing up, that a was man love. was, that was love for a provider. Mm-hmm. Right, that was love. A man was a provider. All that emotional <laughs> chit-chat stuff, you know, and I can sometimes see that in me because, you know, me, I don't I don't get too emotional. I'm an even-keeled person. I don't show my emotions. So that part from my dad definitely has reflected to me. So how how do we combat that? You know, mm. I do, you know, I've tried to incorporate, uh, the, as they say, the, the, the young people's ideals into it, but I, I still find myself sometimes struggling with that a lot, actually. Before, what, in order to answer that, I feel like we need to try to figure out what that is to begin with. Like, like what is that in black men that we we have this, like, apprehension about showing emotion? Like, do we feel like it makes us weak? Like, is and then why? Why is that? Because that, that's a big topic, man. Like, because for me... Um, it's it's weird because I, I know exactly what that is. I, I know those moments where like even just looking at my, my young sons, you know, and it's like they do something that I innately don't feel like is masculine enough and I wanna correct it immediately. And sometimes I have to check that because I'm just like, Man, let them let them be kids, bro. Like they they're kids. Right. You know? Right, like they're, right. They're, they're not even on that wavelength right now. Like they don't they're not right. even thinking about that. But it's it's my own insecurity to mm-hmm. some degree that that's coming out in the moment, and so I'm trying to figure out like for black men like what I, I mean what is that insecurity or what is that thing that's keeping us from opening up? It's the fear of showing weakness. That's what I figured. That's what it is. It's the fear of showing weakness, bro. Because we since we're talking about fear, and no matter what type of relationship you in, nobody wants to look weak. And that's and I think that's the basis of like most arguments. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. most arguments yeah. can get resolved if somebody just say like, you know what? I'm gonna be <laughs> weak in this moment and just like say right. what's going on. And I know you know, especially with, with having therapy and having com- more conversations with my wife, I am learning to just like say exactly how I'm feeling at the moment. And just leave it at that. Like that's how I'm feeling. Like it was something. It was Friday. Like I, I had a. I still struggle with that, man. That, bro. This, that's, this that's my biggest. That's my biggest thing. That's your biggest you know? thing. Uh, and my wife, a, my wife attests. Like you never tell me how you feel, because you guys know me. I'm I'm always so calculated. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I I make sure I say the right thing. Because, you know, I know words have power. And so, me, I don't want to move one thing the wrong way or not. So, me, I process things 30,000 times before I even speak. Mm. And so, to me, that becomes one of my biggest hindrances sometimes, you know, on the intimacy side. On the yes. intimacy side with, right. with, with my wife is that I don't say how I feel more often. A lot of times, I just like, okay, I get back to you. Or, <laughs> yeah. okay, I got you. you yeah. Know, I, just, <laughs> I, I, just, I just keep it moving because, you know, I... It's just not in me. And so I'm trying to become more of that way. Like you said, you know, going through therapy and talking with, and with my wife. And, and just take a pause right now. Guys, don't be ashamed of therapy. Everybody needs therapy. I go to therapy. Facts. And I'm quite sure there's a lot of other men that go to therapy. Yeah. So don't be ashamed of it. It's not a sign um, of weakness to go to therapy. No, it's, 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 not, it's not. It's not. Fear, fear of therapy. That's a, that's another topic, too. But, but Tori. Yeah. I feel what you're saying too, bro, because like this past week was very challenging. Like, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm working remotely, but I'm also working at home. My wife works in, in healthcare, so she has to go to work. There's no working from home for her. She has to go to work. And I'm here with, with both of my daughters while I'm working remotely. And it's, it's very challenging, especially when you have, I have a two year old and a six month old. So, the six-month-old needs me 24-7. The two-year-old can kind of fend for herself but also realizes that, no, I'm not getting enough attention, so, Daddy, I need you as well. So it's been challenging, right? And so this past Friday, right. this past Friday, I had it, I had hit the level of, like, bro, this is I'm over it. And so my wife asked me, like, <laughs> you know, what's, 
what's going on? And I told her straight up. I said, like, you know, because my, my thing is I've been trying to say exactly how I feel, no buffer, no filter, and just deal with the consequences later, over, later, later on. I told her, I was like, man, I'm tired of these damn kids. Like, <laughs> just flat out said it, and, like, <laughs> that was it. You know what I mean? And, and when I said that, I know it, it hit her a little bit, but I think slowly she realized that, like, she had to appreciate the fact that, that this was a guy when I first married, he would have never said that. He would have kept, he would have kept quiet for six months about something. And then it would have came out at, at, at month six about something that something small would have happened. And then everything would have came out at one time, which is normally my process. I keep everything in and then something happens. And then I'm just like, blah, 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 blah. And I then, <laughs> and, and then I'm done and it's out. And it's like, no, I said exactly how I was feeling in that moment. And I think that she's learning to just like, you know what? I got to respect the fact that this dude just like legitimately told me exactly how he's feeling right now and then try to hold any of that in. Like, this is his this is his emotions. And so, like, Corey, for you, you ain't got to deal with none of this, bro. You ain't got no kids. You ain't got no wife. You chilling. So you ain't got to worry about all these these extra COVID-19 apartment <laughs> all by but yourself. But no, but no, but honest, honestly, fellas, like, anytime somebody – they're dropping marriage tips, advice, whatever. Once again, I'm a sponge. I'm soaking it all in. I'm gonna take a couple steps back. Being the only single guy in the group, what were your fears prior to getting married? I always hear people say getting married can be one of the scariest things that you can do. Being a single guy, talking well, we to married now. guys, what were your fears? <laughs> I don't know, right? <laughs> what were your fears going into where well, prior to being married? Man, for me, um, it was, I, I did not want to be a victim of my past in my mm, marriage. Mm, amen. Like, <laughs> and that's physically and mentally. So, so from a physical standpoint, you know, I didn't want any of the dirt that I did in my past to come back for me in a sense. Um, not, and it's not that I necessarily, you know, believe completely in that type of thing, but it's just more or less like, even people, you know, to come for your boy, like, oh, you married now? Oh, we gonna see. You know, I, I didn't want any of those tests mm -hmm. to come back to, to come back for me, especially yeah. tests that that you know could right, have been, right. um, you know, invasive of my new relationship. Right. And then from a mental standpoint, I didn't want to hold on to any of my past pain and like bring it into my marriage. So like, what me and my wife did, I mean, we kind of dove deep. Like I mean, for one, it was it was a, it was a big benefit that we already knew each other. Y'all y'all have heard our podcast, and you know, our, my wife was was she went to high school with Corey and JD. Uh, she got all of us at, at a church that most of us were at at one point. Like you know, she she knows everybody, so we've been around each other for years, well well before any type of attraction, well before any type of relationship or anything. But we what we were able to do instead of having to go through like the initial phases of dating. Uh, more or less, we were just kind of very honest with each other from the beginning. Um, she told me her hurts, her you know what she sees for herself in a in a relationship. I told her the same. They matched, and so we literally looked at each other like one day and was just like, "All right, well let's let's try this out then, and let's see if it works. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, no hard feelings." And that's exactly how we approached our relationship. And so we were very honest and real with each other. Um, which I think helped to begin with because, you know, there were already things that we knew about each other, but we didn't know all the details. And I think getting all that out on the table kind of helped me deal with that fear. Like, once I was able to be honest about some of those shameful things in the past, it was more or less like, oh, well, what was the big deal? Now you know. You know what it was. It's not like that anymore. Let's move forward. You know, mm. and, and, it, and it is what it is. So, so I, that, that was me. Fine. I think mine was more so I didn't want to be a statistic, you know. Uh, That's real. You hear you hear all of the, the, the stats on marriages, you know, and divorces and things of that nature. Um, I, I, I refused to be one of those. I didn't want to be one of those, and I didn't really know how not to be one of those. You know, marriage is one of those things that, you know, you never know what you're going to get until you get in it, mm -hmm. you know. Yes, you might know a person, you might date a person, but marriage changes things a lot once you get into it. And so that that unknowing 
I didn't know if it was going to match the picture of right, what I always right. said my marriage would be like. And so I think that was my biggest fear. Um, but then also, to Marlon's point, mine wasn't necessarily my past because I was a good guy. Unlike him. No, I'm just playing with you. <laughs> <laughs> but, that's, that's a whole other debate right there. I don't know. <laughs> but, but, but my biggest fear is that I just didn't want other people's relationship that I was close with to impact my relationship. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I, you, know, I, you know, I have family members that are on their second marriage and things of that nature. You know, I have family members that have been through, you know, a very trying marriage. So I didn't want those to seep into my marriage. So I think those were the two biggest fears. One is that I didn't know what marriage was, and I didn't know if it would meet my picture of what marriage was. And then I didn't want outside relationships that you know that have been that I've known throughout my life to play a part in mine as well. Gotcha. And you know, for me, bro, now that I'm I'm listening to y'all and I'm thinking, I'm really trying hard to think because honestly, I didn't have the experiences of examples of divorce around me. Um. My parents to this day, uh, they'll be this year be married thirty seven years, and I've always watched that. My my grandmother, her and her husband, they've been together for a long time. They got married. They they've been together. And my other grandma, she was married to uh, my grandfather. He died when my dad was very young, and she never got married again until very late. Uh, I was a full-blown adult when she got married again. Uh, so I've, I've had all of these examples of staying together. The only person in my family that I know of that got a divorce actually didn't get a divorce. They just separated and are technically still not divorced to this day. I you know never understood that, by the way. Like what? Me, me either, bro. Like, like they... They, they, I, I they, don't get it, man. <laughs> they are complete... They are divorced by, like, by, by nature. They don't talk to each other like that they share kids but they don't you know what i'm saying and i ain't trying to put all my, my family members business out there but but the truth is they operate like they divorced but legally they're just separated right like it just it is what it is whatever but i that's the only example of my um upbringing that i saw divorce Right now, the other thing, I had a homeboy in high school. His parents got divorced, but they were divorced by the time I met my homeboy. So I didn't I still didn't really have that. Like I met him when his parents were, were already divorced. So to me, that was just regular. His situation was just regular. So I don't have that true experience of somebody going through the, that process. So for me, I didn't have the fear of becoming a statistic. I think. For me, going into it, my biggest fear going into my marriage was was mainly just like making sure that this I I, I only want to do this one time, right? Ooh, so my yes, yes. my Back. my biggest Back. fear was like making sure that this was gonna be the one time, right? Because correct, I can honestly say overall, I've always wanted to be married. Like I I I'm not one of them dudes Dude. who was like. No, I just want to I want to play around. I want to do my thing. No, I had a time in my life when I said that I don't want to be in a relationship. And then I had a time in my life where I was like, all right, I'm done with that. Let me start looking for my wife. I always wanted to be married through all of that. But I knew college, um, J.D., no, I don't need I don't need no relationship because I know who I am. And I I, I teethered that line of relationships. And like I said, I found out that I was dating a lot of people, apparently. <laughs> And if if any of y'all listen to this, I, as a man, I apologize. I didn't know what I was doing. I was young, stupid. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, you just gotta be un- you got you gotta be honest with yourself because as you grow, you, you realize do. you do you realize some things that you were really in relationships with I people. Apologize. Yeah, and you didn't you didn't know it. So, <laughs> so I apologize for that. Yeah, yeah, real. I ain't said no text. I got a question there. I got, I got a question. Yeah. So I got two questions there. You know, the first question is, so what do you guys feel is the is the biggest fear for black men in general? Oh, and man. then I want to get a little bit more specific to it. What What do you guys think as as a black man think podcast our biggest fear? Oh, that's mm. a good question, man. For so uh, those are two questions. Well, you got You got to go first. Uh, my biggest, biggest fear as a black man is just, you know, um, I mean, being single 
failing myself, not living up to my potential, not giving it my all, not walking in, you know, my gifts. Um, that's my biggest fear is, is a black man piggybacking on what I said earlier. Um, as far as, you know, um, and I like to use, and I, I use an example, like my favorite player, of course, NBA player, LeBron James, like it's no way that he can get up every morning and know that his, you know, his purpose in life, his, you know, at at this current moment is being the best basketball player that he can be. Now, when he retired, it might switch transition to something else. But just for me, it's like me getting up every day to knowing that, okay, whatever I'm, I'm doing as far as my career or whatever, that's what I'm, that's what I've been put here to do. So my fear of not ever reaching that is, yeah, that's, that's pretty big for me. What about you, JD? Um, I'll say the biggest fear as a black man, bro, I think it's a, a broader point. I don't want to become a statistic, but to, to, to like make it super specific, I don't want to go to jail. Like I want to, well, at the end of this, bro, I want to be able to say that I have never been arrested as a black man, knock on wood, but I've, have I been in handcuffs? I've been detained. I <laughs> I've been but there is a difference. Well, right? well, there is a difference. Well, let's let me see, Mo. Let's see, Mo. You've been detained. Yeah, you're right. You haven't I been arrested in prison walls. Yeah, you ain't. You haven't been arrested and, and sent down to two five four. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that ain't that ain't what's going And been fingerprinted. And been fingerprinted. When you fingerprinted, no, thank you. Yeah, right. That's the that's the thing, bro. Like I've been in handcuffs. I've been in situations where I thought I was going to jail, but I haven't been. And that's the one thing I just it's something about that, man, because I grew up in a city where a lot of people that I grew up with that became not second nature, but it became a thing that they didn't necessarily worry about anymore. It was almost like, oh, bro, I know I'm gonna go to jail. My job is like get out of there and and figure everything else. But I, I just never wanted to be the person that got to go to jail and make a call now. You know, it used to be make a call to my mom and tell her I'm in jail. But now I don't want to have to call my wife and tell her that I'm in jail. If I go to jail at this age as a black man, it's because I'm defending my family. That's the only way that I go to jail at that's this facts. point. You know what I'm saying? But that that's probably my, my, my biggest fear as a black man, just like being in front of a cop that thinks that he got me figured out and this is where I'm supposed to be. And it's like, no, nah, fam, I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't going for that. Bro, mine is – mine is uh, – I, as a black man, my biggest fear is not being able to get rid of all this anger. Mm. Like, Ooh. like, uh, that's a good one. I mean, it's oh. it's heavy, bro. Like for real. I, and I've been asking myself probably for the last two years, how do I get rid of it? Honestly, like it, it is. I think it's it's one of those like realizations I came to that I I didn't realize I had as much anger inside of me as I did. And then when I started connecting it to my skin color I, I think it exploded in me and mm. it was it, it was some, it was hard to navigate through especially being in the realities that I faced on a daily basis because you know I mean I work around a very diverse set of people um, you know right. but I, I'm faced with a lot of the white affluent America mentality on a daily basis and I guess the more aware that I became of my anger and, and why I feel angry as a black man, and it's not the only reason I'm angry, but it's just when I zone in and, and hone in on what that is and I'm faced with it every day, that stuff is hard, bro. And, mm. and it gets harder as I have to raise kids in this world. And it gets harder realizing, like, people don't value me just because of my skin color, mm. you know, as opposed to, like, trying to see who I am as a person, what I can offer society. You know, you know how I mean, it's just it's we can go on and on about that. But at the end of the day, it's hard trying to figure out how to navigate that. And, and honestly, I have to do that mess one day at a time, you know, because uh, yeah. yeah, every yeah. day presents new situations, new challenges, um, yep. you know, from this from the most ignorant things of, of you know, people using the N word, which I've experienced multiple times in my life to being pulled over wrongfully, to being arrested wrongfully. You know, so all those stereotypical things, but I'm just talking about at the core of it, bro. Like, like, like the hurt that comes from thinking about a person that just doesn't value me just because, mm. bro. That makes that makes me angry to the core, because I des I feel like I deserve 
the the level of humanity that they see themselves in, you know. Right. And, and I just right. have to like, I just, I just have to, I have to blame it on human nature. And the only thing I can do, bro, is keep my eyes on Jesus. That's it. Because yeah. when I tell yeah. you, nothing else can fix it. So you know, more or less for me, it's it's literally keeping my eyes on Christ, which I do not do perfectly on a daily basis. Some days I wake up, I'm focused, I'm motivated, I have His grace, I'm on it. Other days I wake up, I have His grace, and I don't use it. You know, I don't, I don't even, I don't even try. And and it's just the reality, man. Like that's that's a tough one for me. Yeah. Well, you know, for, for me, you know, uh, mine is the the fear as a black man not making it home to my family. Mm. There's just Whew. so much. That's heavy. You know, that's that 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 was probably the heaviest thing. That when I walk out the door, that that could be the last time that I see my wife and my kids, um, and so I think that's my biggest fear as a black male, uh, or walking out. And so that's that. That once again, you know, I told y'all I use my fears, and so I strategically map out what I do, how I move. Right. So having that fear there, you know, and to your point, Mo, how you you say, you know, how do you cope with it? Sometimes I get frustrated that I even have to plan it out that way. Ooh. And, and, and for our listeners that are not life? black, like you have to hear Tori. Like these are real things that black men deal with. We are not making this up. This is not like no. some dramatic version of us, some debate that's gone on for centuries. This is real. Mm-hmm. I just want to throw that in there, Tori. No, that, that's very real, bro. That's yeah. very real in the real reality what we deal with yeah. on a day-to-day. Yeah, man. Finish up, Tori. I, I didn't want to interrupt you. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no, no. You were good. I was about to wrap it up. So, uh, but yeah, it's just that fear. You know, that's one of the things that, you know, that if really that gets me emotional, it is that, you know, because of somebody else misunderstanding or fear or perception of me, I'm not able to make it home. Yeah. Man. Not not my actions. So nothing to do with my action, <laughs> but yeah. because of somebody else's perception. Then I'm not able to make it home, and that's that's probably that's probably one of my biggest fears as a black man. Bro, that's that's heavy, but, bro. <laughs> man, that's heavy. God, that's heavy, bro. Cause that's that's a real, that's a real reality, right? And I've I've had these conversations with my wife, and um, you know, it's it's one thing to have that conversation, but sometimes I don't think you know women in particular understand what we as black men might be going through until they have that experience themselves. And, and I'll say without saying a, a whole lot, but my wife was recently on a, um, on a major case, a juror on a major case here in the city. And her experience from that case changed a lot of her perception because she was faced with it dead on and I don't want to talk about the details of the case, so this was something that really messed my wife up. But her going through that experience and her seeing that, like, damn, they really don't, like, value a black man. And then she added a different layer on it. She was like, man, it's black men who don't even value black men. And she saw that. Wow. Yeah, man, it was like, it, yep. it, it messed her, it, it really messed her up. And it messed me up because I was just like, I can't work right now with you going through this. I, I took off and came home. It was, it was a, it was a very tough heavy. experience. Yeah, it was a heavy thing for her. And it was heavy for both of us just to deal with something that when the reality hit that like, damn, this is what you go through every day. And it was like, yeah, I really go through this, but I just don't be talking about it. Because, you know what I'm saying? Like, our fear conversation. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, bro. But you, but you know, to, 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 to pivot to just a little lighter heart topic, mm-hmm. you know, um, what about your biggest fear for us as a black man think podcast? What, what, what is your biggest fear for that? Uh, I think, I think one thing is, and when I'm communicating with people, um, I really try to make sure the things that I'm saying that it does, they don't mislead that person. So I wouldn't want to have a podcast where I feel like, oh, we misled somebody, or we're trying to say one thing, but people take it as another thing that you know it's in a negative way. So 
that would be my biggest fear of this podcast. Just mm. people taking things the wrong way. They hear one thing, but their mind is going in a different direction. No, right. it's very easy to misrep to, to misrepresent a people, especially when you're at the mercy of what a a mass body of people are listeners, social media network like People are going to frame whatever you say the way that they, they want to hear it. Mm-hmm. That's very scary. It, it is very scary. I think for me, like that, I, it's very similar to what Corey said. I don't want to ever misrepresent my who I am, um, even though I want to be completely honest on this podcast. If that makes sense, because that's a, that's a that's a rock and a hard place right. for me. Like, like it's very easy to assume that I have certain beliefs that I have uh, certain mental thoughts that I have a certain level of um, a foundation, a certain, um, you know, like willingness to not be shifted very easily because of the positions that I'm in. However, I personally want the ability and the freedom to be absolutely 100% honest on this podcast mm-hmm. without it misrepresenting who I am in my roles because I need people to understand more than anything that just because I'm in a role does not mean that I'm perfect that it doesn't mean that I'm without any type of you know flaw or anything it means that I'm just like you and I want to represent that very uniquely and very honestly without it misleading you because you have the wrong perception about that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of yeah. sense. It makes a lot of sense. I'll say, man, my, my biggest fear with the podcast is um, our conversations falling on deaf ears. Um, as somebody that, yeah. that creates content pretty often, I know that we are in a space that is becoming very crowded, right? We, we understood this going into it. But also we knew that we had some very valuable conversations that we were having that we feel that people can learn from and get a better understanding of not only black men, but just as black people as a culture. Um, And and so I don't want these conversations because I know these are very powerful conversations. Right. And I know that a lot of things go into people getting a chance to actually hear this. Like, you know, there's marketing, there's uh, the the whole preparation. And and if you want to call it luck. All of those things got to happen for these conversations to really be heard on a, you know, a very broad scale. But um, I, I just I want to make sure that just us as individuals, we're doing the, the best thing that we possibly can to get these these conversations shared, because I think that people are going to hear this like this episode tonight. I think it's going to be a very powerful episode because people are going to hear this and understand exactly what we are dealing with as black men and not even understand right. that oh, this is what y'all are dealing with? Like, really? On a day-to-day? Like, no, this is real-life things that we have. And I, I, I'm just being frank, bro. Like, black men don't talk about being fearful or nothing. We always try to put on this bravado yeah, of that. We surely don't. Everything is cool. Like, no, bro. Like, we okay. Mm-hmm. We scared sometimes, bro. So, you know, I don't want our conversation to fall on deaf ears, man. I want people to hear what we have to say, you know. What about you, Tor? Um, I think mine is similar to yours. Uh, I fear that we're not able to have this podcast reach its full potential. And what I mean by that is we are a group of seven um, black men that are trying to deliver positivity Mm -hmm. uh, to the community. You know, um, not just for not just for black men. Even though this is a black man think podcast, we're trying to enlighten people. Period. Right. And my fear is that we're not able to really get this platform to reach everybody that needs to hear this. Because I, I honestly, truly believe that these are some powerful message and powerful words we're trying to um, um, give people. But the twist is, we give you honesty. You know, we give mm-hmm. you, you know, the unvarnished truth about this stuff. We're we're not sugarcoating none of this, um, and I and I just really hope that this this podcast is really the the beacon that it has the potential to be, and that we see and that we plan for it to be. Um, so you know, my biggest fear is that we're not able to actually reach that um, for whatever reason it, it might be. Hey, you, you, so, you, know, you, know. you know how we fix that fear. For all of our listeners out there, what y'all need to do, what y'all have to do, is share this podcast with somebody. 
because you you're not the only person that needs to hear this. That's just that's just the truth. I mean, that's real. We we have these real conversations as homeboys. We've been friends for years, um, but the reality is that what we're talking about is polarizing to a mass body of people across this entire world. They need to hear this. They need to hear somebody start the conversations that they may not either be willing to start or they haven't had the privilege um, in their lives for somebody to start it for them. So you have to share this with everybody you know um, so that you give them the opportunity to heal through these things because fear is a real thing. Yeah. That's yeah. real, bro. So, so to piggyback on that, you know, I think a good way to, uh, to close out tonight is really talk a little bit deeper about how to overcome fear. You know, I don't, you know, we've talked about our fears and, you know, we gave some pretty good examples of various types of fears, but let's, let's flip it now. How do we actually overcome this fear or these fears? I should say, Mo, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I, I, well, I go back to kind of, you know, what I was alluding to earlier, man. I, I think you, and I try to be very practical with what I say. Um, you know, I, I could be as simple as saying, you know, I, I think you have to put your eyes on, on God. But for, for those of you who that might not be a reality for, because that's a real deal, be practical. Well, if you can't put your eyes on God, put your eyes on truth. Um, and most of the time, truth will help you navigate the unseen or the things that are um, not constant or the things that you can't control at the end of the day is what we're really talking about. Because nine times out of 10, what we're afraid of is something that we can't control. So I would personally say, find out what is true. And I don't mean, see, I don't mean a relative truth because like we live in this generation where, you know, people love to use the term my truth. And, and, and for me, that's not big enough. That's not good enough. Yes, you have your reality, but there's only one truth. Like it either happened or it didn't. It either is or it isn't. Um, and it doesn't, ch if it changes per person, then it doesn't make it true necessarily. Um, or at least, you know, in, in this context. So I would just say whatever category, whatever area that you're afraid in, figure out what that truth is that you could potentially not be paying enough attention to and put your eyes on that truth mm. and see if mm. it helps yeah. you navigate through whatever it is you're afraid of. Mm. For me, for me, it's like, just be honest with yourself. If, if you fear something, face it. I mean, don't, don't, you know, it's, it's going to be there. I mean, if you don't ever face it, it's going to be something that constantly haunts you. So, I mean, you, you gotta, I mean, it's really, it's going to test your faith. Um, you can't continue to run. If I fear this, I fear this, but until you step up to that fear, um, it's never going to go away. Yeah, that's, that's real core. Um, I, I think just to add to that point, uh, there's just full transparency. Simply put, when when you when you realize that you are fearful of something, you need to let that be known. Uh, don't hold in that fear because holding in that fear, essentially, what you're doing is trying to bury it. And when you try to bury fear, um, you're only hurting yourself and you're hurting the people around you because there's just an underlining issue that's going on. Right. So whatever that fear is, you know, if it's something small, if it's something big, you got to be transparent to have a conversation about that fear because it's only going to make you a better person. And in turn, it's going to make the, the people around you better as well, because they have a better understanding of who you are and what, you know, what your triggers may be. So we got to be transparent and have conversations. You know, and just to piggyback off of everything everybody else has said, you know, it's about taking small practical steps. You don't have to conquer your fears in one night, one hour, one minute. You just have to start. That's the biggest part. Like with anything else in life, you have to start. And not only that, you have to be committed to it. And, you know, and, and I think what JD said was so powerful, uh, but to expand upon that some uh, a little bit more, you don't have to just recognize it and you don't have to communicate it. You need to get help with it. Mm. You know, that, that's, yeah, that's, that's big. Don't yeah. be, don't be afraid to, to ask for help. You can't solve all your problems by yourself. It's okay to need help. You know, so find that, you know, that confidence, confidant, that mentor, that, that whoever, that, that accountability partner, whoever mm. that person is, you find that person and then you do this together 
You don't have to conquer your fears by yourself. It could be a team effort. So if I can, you know, just impart anything on you guys, it'll be take small practical steps, just start, and get a partner to help you through this. Those, to me, are three critical things that you can do that can help you overcome your fear. And that's the Black Man Think Podcast right there. Hey, man. That's that's beautiful, bro. That's beautiful. Um, look, that's the Black Man Thing podcast, man. Um, these tonight it was four black men talking about fear, and I, I think that that that's don't happen. <laughs> that don't happen, bro. <laughs> that don't, right? Happen. That's rare. Uh-huh. That's very. It that's very rare, man. So look, if you if you like this podcast, it, it, just if you like it just a little bit, subscribe, rate, and review. That's you know and share and, and share. share and share definitely because the only way that we make this podcast what it needs to be we need help right that's another thing the fear of asking for help <laughs> we got to ask for help look we need y'all above anything man to get this podcast out and help us get this podcast out to the people so rate subscribe rate review share simple simple as that uh we thank y'all for listening as always and hey black thought black that is that the black thought of the week it's okay to fear. I believe so. It's <laughs> okay to fear. It's okay yeah. to fear. Yeah, that's a black thought. Black thought, man. It's okay to fear, man. Love y'all, man. Thank y'all for listening. And uh, Black Man Think Podcast. We'll see y'all next week. The Black, black Men Think, Think Podcast. podcast.